HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program has been brought to you by Hearst Ranch, the nation's largest single-source supplier of free-range, all-natural, grass-fed, and grass-finished beef. For more information, visit HearstRanch.com. Hi, this is Severin, and this is Greenhorns Radio, and you're on. Hi, Courtney. How are you doing? Good. Nice to have you on the show. Thanks for having me. So tell us, tell us what the weather is like up there in Shelburne, Vermont. It's about 85 degrees and sunny out right now. Really nice weather. And how are the pastures? Are they drying out? They are drying out. Uh, taking a while to grow back, but they're, we have pasture available. So you're a young farmer with a very strong work ethic. I've been reading your profile, and I'm very impressed. Tell us, how did you first discover you were interested in farming? Well, I started visiting the farm when I was about three or so, and I just loved going to visit the animals. And then we heard that they had summer camps available, and I participated in one of the summer camps, and I absolutely loved it. And that really sparked my interest for the love of farming, where I then started to volunteer weekly, year-round, which then led into a job and 4-H. So you're just like the case study. You're just like the case study role model, good kid, and you just followed your nose right where you wanted to go. Yeah, pretty much. And were people supportive of your choice? Did you have any uh, anyone questioning whether this was the right thing for you to be doing? No one's really questioned me. They're really supportive of it, and they support my decision to want to be on the farm all the time. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about what you guys are doing there at Shelburne Farm, just for those who aren't familiar with that. Legendary, uh, legendary educational facility. Can you give a little overview of the um, Shelburne facility. Sure. So Shelburne Farms is a nonprofit um, place, and we have a lot of educational programs. So there are summer camps, there are trainings for both adults and for youth. There are programs that run throughout the school year. Field trips come to visit. There's 4-H programs. Um, and then we also have, like, a working side of the farm where we have the dairy and the sheep flock, and then we have an inn which has, like, a restaurant, and it's, like, a hotel-type thing, and we have a couple other buildings on the farm for special events, such as weddings or meetings, conventions, that type of thing. And all of this is housed in a super-glorious, overbuilt show farm uh, right on the lake, right on the lake in Lake Champlain, one of the most majestic facilities there is, really, for agriculture in this country. 
Was that was it Vanderbilt who built it? Yeah, Dr. Webb and Dr. Stuart Webb. Vanderbilt. They did it pretty big. Absolutely. So, so you followed your nose, and you and you went from one and you went from one opportunity to the next. Do you want to talk maybe some uh, guidance for those who may also love animals and love farming, who are just kind of trying to figure out how they also can go from one thing to the next, like? Uh, were you always on time? Did you work hard and have a cheerful attitude? What would be some kind of guidance you could give? I think if farming is something you're really interested in, you should definitely explore all your opportunities. So I've done many of different programs the farms offered with different uh, with the educational side, the production side, and summer camps and stuff like that. I think you should explore all your opportunities. Always be there on time. Have a hard work ethic and be ready and willing to do whatever they ask you to do. Um, I think it's just all about exploring what you want and finding what you think really fits for you and then um, just sticking with it, even if it gets rough or something. You just got to stick with it because something good will happen in the end. So let's talk about uh, let's talk about the physicality part because you're a young woman and a lot of times people think, oh, you know, I'm not really that physical I don't know if I can handle the hard work of farming. Uh, you know, all that work in the sun, that's really more than I am used to because I spent all my time in the school. Do you want to talk about the physicality aspect? I think at first the physical part was a big shocker for me. Like I would have trouble lifting a hay bale or just a bucket of water or something like that. But you just have to slowly build up your muscles. So I started just lifting buckets everywhere I went packing the grocery bags extra heavy to practice lifting at home, um, and then slowly built my way up to being able to carry one hay bale and then two. You just have to keep working at it because it is a lot of physical work, and trust me, I am exhausted by the end of the day. But I really like the physical aspect of it, and it really keeps me in shape. Um, And I just... I don't know. I feel like once you get past the part where you find it's hard and you start building the muscle uh, that you need and you stop being um, so tired as often and it makes the work a lot easier. But, I mean, I sit in a desk for eight hours a day at school and then I go from school to the barn some days, and that's definitely a big transition. Well, and the thing I've been noticing, you know, as the season has gotten going and you know, wintertime is a lot of more sitting and then spring and moving hay and moving wheelbarrows and moving heavy buckets. And is that there's a moment where you start running up the hill without even thinking about it and there's no, without any effort. And then you just almost like don't even notice it that you just got strong. Yeah, you definitely don't notice it when you start to change and being able to do things that you could never do before. Like I used to pant running up the hill and now I run up and I don't feel it anymore. Or I can lift the hay bales and not, like, have to drop them every five feet to regain a grip. So we regained our grip on, on, on our physical strength. Now, let's talk about another thing. So you're involved in animal agriculture and with, with the cows. Are you also working on uh, vegetable stuff or just, just in the dairy? And, and what are your exact tasks? My exact task with my paid position job is working at the dairy specifically with the cows and the sheep. Um, I, in the mornings at the dairy, I will typically move animals, bed packs, move sheep, um, 
help if there's like the vets coming or if we need animals moved around. Um, we just had a big event at the farm, so I was helping set up with that. Um, and then in the afternoon, typically after lunch, I'll start raking beds for the cows to come in from pasture. Then I feed all the calves, and then from feeding calves, I go and I milk the cows after that. And typically that ends my day around 6 o'clock in the evening. So that's just all in the afternoon after school. Yeah. Um, well, in the su- I'm working full-time in the summer right now, and so in the summer I'm working full days um, and full-time during the school year. So after school, I'll go one to two days a week to milk right after school. They'll, someone will start milking, and I'll usually get there within, like, 10 minutes milking starting from school, and I'll milk from start to finish once I get there. Wow. So, okay, so now here's another thing. Moving animals. One thing that doesn't occur to those who are love animals, um, who are just in school and not really spending that much time on a farm, they may have experienced animals in a pasture and experienced, you know, visiting animals on other people's farms. Will you just talk about why you move animals and how you move animals and, and, and your understanding of pasture management? Um, we move animals on the farm. Typically, it can range from every day to every couple weeks based on what size pasture we give them. And the pasture for most of our animals is just that's their food. They don't get much supplement out in the field, so there's no grain or hay brought out unless um, something else is going on. Um, Just when we move animals from the pasture, we typically like to gather them all in a group by the gate rather than have to run around the field a couple times to get them all out. Um, And we're fortunate enough on the farm to have a herding dog so we can send her out to go bring us the animals, which we then just move to the pasture next door. All of our pastures are connected, so they can run from one pasture to the next and usually not have to cross the road or anything. Um, in our pasture management, it's really easy. There's nothing ever put on the pastures or whatever like that. We let them grow, and we'll typically divide the pastures so they can go out for more days at a time. So the pastures aren't uh, have nothing applied to them, and how do you know when the pasture is ready? When the animals are ready to move off the pasture, just looking at the looking at the field, what do you? What are the telltale signs that they're ready to go? Um, look, typically when we look at a pasture with animals in it, we'll look to see how much um, grass that they have left. If they have if they have no grass left and they're just standing all in a cluster by the gate, that's typically a sign that they need to be moved. Um, or if they're just bellowing or whatever, we typically will move them to the next pasture. If, like, there's not, if there's still some grass, but they're kind of getting close to the end of the pasture and they're all starting to get restless, then occasionally we'll move them or we'll make them wait a couple more hours and come back out later in the day to move them. And so what are you, what are you thinking about in terms of this kind of farming uh, this kind of farming that's happening at Shelburne and that you're participating in, is that serving as is that serving as a good training for what you might want to do on your own? Do you have ideas about already the ideas about what kind of operations you might want to be managing on your on your own farm, or wh- what are you thinking about the future? I definitely think the work I've been doing at Shelburne Farms has been a wonderful training for me. 
um, it's really taught me a lot, and it's let me explore many different fields because we have many different sides to the farm. So I've gotten to try my hands at most of the things the farm offers, uh, which I think has kind of opened and broadened my horizons is what I want to do. I definitely want to go to college for something with agriculture. Um, I'm really loving my dairy work, so I want to stick with something um, dairy-related and potentially agricultural education. Um, But I just think it's given me such a great opportunity and really showed me what there is and what's available for me to do um, that if I ever opened my own farm that I would want to, you know, bring along some of the things I've learned or just continue to work on the farm because I just really love the people I've met on the farm and um, how the farm operates and what we do. So this whole business of the farm and the people who operate it and the good spirit, do you want to maybe reflect? Um, I also spent my vacations on uh, my summer holiday working on the farm and I really love the change from a classroom environment to a farm environment where everyone is working on getting stuff done and you have to be positive and proactive. Uh, could you reflect a little on what what kind of a what kind of a team what kind of people are in farming that may other kids who don't know about the opportunity to do farm work they might really reconsider it if they knew they might really reconsider it if they knew what it was like. I think farming is definitely a team effort. Um, and there's many opportunities from managing the garden or maple sugaring is an operation that a lot of farms have to doing agricultural education and peop- uh, field trips and classes um, or summer camps, that kind of thing, teaching people about that, even if it's just for one week or one day. I think there's definitely a lot to learn. Um, as well as, like, the there's the veterinarian side of working on the farm um, or the management side. I just think that you have to really explore the farm for the most um, to understand all the opportunities you have because it's not just one person one day and that's all they're going to do. Your work changes every day. So if you're going to get bored with something, I think this is something that definitely you can't get bored with because one day is not the same as the next day. Well, and I think you're making a good point about there's all these different parts of the farm and different things to be done, and if you're thinking about getting involved in a farm job as a young person, that there's different ways to consider doing that, and that camps can be a really good introduction, but then you could tag along during your holiday with a veterinarian and just be an extra set of hands. You could volunteer to, to muck and help with milking at a dairy. But you could figure out, like, the right size commitment that matches the available time that you have if you're still a student. Um, and, that you know, that just is a little bit of research and being willing to listen and, and be flexible. Yeah, that's definitely true. Like, I used to just work when I had um, or volunteer when I had the time. Um, which I loved it more, so I started clearing my schedule out more and not playing, like, as many sports or doing as many after-school activities so I could spend more time focusing on what I love is working on the farm and doing 4-H. Okay, so wait a minute. I just forgot that we should probably clarify what is 4-H. 
what do you do for 4-H? What is 4-H? And what do you like about it? 4-H is like an agricultural education program um, run in every single state. And it can range from science and robotics to showing to bring to raising and showing animals and bringing them around to your county fairs, to gardening, to robotics, to farming, to your typical dogs and cat pets that you might want to work with. Um, and my favorite thing of it is getting to travel across the state and um, throughout New England to show at the county and the regional levels with my animals and just meeting new friends and I think I like the hard work that comes along with 4-H because it's not just, um, sure, I'm going to sign this animal and take her to the fair. It really takes, like, hundreds of hours of work to get them ready to go to the fair. Um, and it teaches you different, like, ways to act with your, well, the H's stand for uh, head, heart, hands, and health. So they teach you, like, communication, um, personal responsibility, how to um, volunteer, management. Um, it just, there's lots of different, like, little um, things that they build in to teach you in addition to whatever project you choose to work on. So, for instance, this communication, uh, what, is, what do you mean by communication, and what do you need to communicate for while you're hanging out with this animal? Well, because you're going to be writing articles or doing um, interviews, um, public speaking is a big thing with communication um, projects that it, uh, the point of the project is to teach you different ways on how to communicate with people, how to get your point across, and um, I guess just say what's on your mind, but say it in a constructive manner. Because you're not always just talking with your animals. There's a lot of people that you're going to meet while you're doing it. So I like this, saying what's on your mind, but saying in a constructive manner. That's not something that we necessarily learn from Facebook and from just regular everyday going to school. But why, and maybe explain a little, why is that important for people who work in, in agriculture, especially since so few of us work in agriculture proportionate to the population? It seems like maybe it's even more important to be constructive and, and thoughtful in our communication. Yeah, I think um, you just have to know what you want to say, and you have to get your point across, but you can't just kind of make your point seem like it's not important or anything. Like, you really need to say what you think is important um, and get let the other person know what you're thinking and why you're thinking that way. Um, and I think it helps clears up a lot of, um, like, issues and stuff because people will respect you more and listen if you can say what you want to say and not be like, well, this isn't that or this isn't, like, without, it's a lot less bickering if you can say it constructively. And now, would you consider, would you consider the, um, would you consider the program of 4-H to be really successful in generating a lot of young farmers like yourself? Do you feel like they're thriving as an organization and that there's lots of young people joining? Do you think that there could be more people joining? Do you think that there would be, um, do you think that there would be ways to 
improve the program such that more people knew about it and were joining? Yeah, I definitely think that 4-H makes people um, more aware of your opportunities in the agricultural field. Like, from people I meet at the fair that also do 4-H, a lot of them either currently live on a farm or they want to work and live on a farm. Um, so I think that helps open up more people's perspectives as to what they want to do, and it just gives you more practical experience before you get into, like, the real world. Um, and I think from what I've seen, a lot of the people want to stick with something in the agricultural field, and I think that that's a really good thing. So if you wanted to join 4-H or know more about it, you can just Google 4-H in the name of your state. Yes. Usually it's organized by towns and counties. Yeah, definitely. If you just Google your state and 4-H, there'll be like um, an extensions website. Like I know for Vermont, we go through one of the colleges here, and they'll tell you all about it, what kind of things you can do, where you can find a club near you, um, and how to join. That's awesome. Um, okay, so here we're almost done with our time, and you're doing really great. Maybe you wanted to reference a few books that you've been reading either for pleasure or for practical information that other people might be interested to check out? Um, oh, one of the books I read, it was along the agricultural field, was called The Dirty Life by, I think it was Kristen Kimball. And I, I guess what I really liked about that book was it showed how she came from living in New York City, really did not like to get dirty or farm or whatever, and then grew into loving her farming experience, and now they have their own farm and CSA, um, and how she doesn't see her life going back to the city. She sees her life staying on the farm. Um, I can't really think of any other books that I've read. I'm not, I mean, I'm not a huge reader, but... Uh, I guess I just kind of read different reference books as I'm trying to learn about a new subject while we're working on the farm. Well, I thank you so much, Courtney. I'm really impressed that you've managed to navigate your way from being a farm camper to a volunteer to a paid employee. I think you have uh, clearly shown good work ethic and showed up on time and expressed eagerness. So I congratulate you on that, and I look forward to learning where you go to college. And what, where are you? Are you almost applying yet? I'm, I'm going to be a junior this fall, so I have to start looking into colleges, but I, I'm not applying yet. Okay, well, we look forward to knowing where you go, and maybe you can check in in a year or something and tell us what you've discovered in looking at the different schools. Definitely. Okay, well, thank you so much, and this has been another episode of Greenhorn Radio, Radio for Young Farmers. Bye, Young Farmers. I'm your host, Severin, director of the Greenhorns. We're based in Hudson, New York. Uh, we have many events coming up, most specifically this coming Thursday uh, from 2 p.m. on is a garlic gathering at Monkshood Nursery in Stuyvesant, New York. Information is on our Facebook page. Then on the 21st of of July. We're doing a reading of the Greenhorns at the Farmer's Market in Hudson. Um, there's a wonderful event going on in 21st of July at Rosharn Farm in Providence, Rhode Island. That's a young farmer feast organized on Rosharn Farm. They have a great young farmer series of meetups. 
going on in Rhode Island. In case you didn't know about them, you can get in touch with them there. Then on the 26th of July, we have a meeting conference in Skowhegan, Maine. That's a conference, and uh, then there's an artisan uh, artisan baking fair. Basically, it's all the people who do artisan bread and wood-fired ovens and natural uh, natural fermentation of bread. Pretty exciting. If you're into bread, you need to know about the kneading conference. So check out uh, the website, the events page for more. Uh, if you're living in the Hudson Valley, I hope you already know that there are many uh, many mixers and beer meetups of, uh, throughout the summer organized by the Hudson Valley Young Farmers Coalition. And stay cool. Okay, bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our programs archived on our website or by searching iTunes for Heritage Radio Network. You can find us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website. Thanks for listening.